All right, so it's Saturday. We're going to switch it up a little bit. We're going to switch gears, and we're going to look more so into the creative side of things. Um, a while ago when I did the episode on Final Cut versus Premiere, uh, that episode did really, really well. And a lot of you guys said that, you know, you like the creative talk. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to speak more so on a few tips that I think every creative should make in, uh, or take into consideration when they are thinking about either learning a new skill or buying gear or changing up what gear they use. So we're going to get straight into it. So the first thing on the list, which is super, 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 super important, is get gear that you will actually use and gear that you are actually comfortable using. Gear acquisition syndrome is a very, very, very real thing. And there's just always something new. I'm sure you guys know. You look DJI is announcing a new drone. It seems like every month, Sony's releasing new lenses every quarter. Canon's doing this. Fuji's doing that. There's literally always some new gear coming out, and it's all shiny, and it all looks amazing, and it all is exciting. But at the end of the day, you can only use one camera at a time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and I think it's important to take into consideration the type of creative that you are uh, right now, we're talking specifically about like photography and video work, of course. But even across the board, I'm not sure if you do like uh, photography, not photography, but like graphic design. Some people may need like iPads or talcum. Ta- uh, uh, what do you call it? Not talcum. That's talcum powder. The the Wacom tablets and stuff. Like, there's a lot of different ways for people to get their creative work done. And I think a part of it comes with you just being honest with yourself about how you feel about moving around when you're creative. It's like, okay, if I'm a, am I a mobile creator? If I'm a mobile creator, am I the type of creator that wants to have a backpack on me at all times? Do I like to uh, do I like to travel light? Do I not mind carrying bulky things around? Some people are okay with that. Some people not so much. So these are all things that, you know, you have to take into consideration and it comes from thinking about it, you know what I'm saying? And doing it and seeing how you are in other areas of life. A lot of times you can see the type of creative lifestyle you'll lead uh, by how you live in other areas of your life. So like for me, for instance, you know, for my Sony, I have a 2470 millimeter lens and I love that lens. It definitely serves its purpose in regards of being able to go from 24 to 70 in one. That's like, honestly, even now, I would say if you're creative and you're just looking for one lens, just one, I would say get a 2470 because that focal range literally just gives you something wide and something super tight and everything in between is just like, if you can only get one, get that. But at the very same time, it's a huge lens. It's huge. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The 2470 is literally bigger than the a7s3 like the lens is bigger than the camera that it's on so you know for a while i was using it just because i had to but eventually i was able to get like a compact prime like a 24 millimeter and i love it i literally love the lens it's super small super light and it's one of those things that made me even want to take my camera out with me more because usually if i was getting up and going to the store or something like that i would leave the camera home because i didn't want to lug around that kettlebell of a lens with the 2470 but with the 24 prime it's just like um okay cool i i 
if I got to run down to the car to get something out the trunk, I'll take my camera with me. You know what I'm saying? And again, like as a creative, those are things that are really, really important. You being able to be comfortable with your gear, having gear that you're actually going to use because it fits into your use cases. And like I said, that's just something that will save you a lot of time. It'll save you a lot of money because, again, you won't be like, again, sometimes you may have one or two or sometimes a few pieces of gear that you only pick up once in a while, but you like to look at and stuff. That's totally fine. But I think this is more so in regards of having things that make it easy for you to create. You want to have gear that makes it easy for you to be creative and capture ideas and just, you know, move on to the next thing. So after that, second thing on the list is learn your tools. That's the second thing. Learning your tools is so critical. And this I found out through buying things that I didn't need. You know what I'm saying? Whether it was certain... uh you know, lens filters and stuff like that. Recently, like I was thinking about getting one of these like pro mist filters for the camera. And I later found out, and it's funny because I literally called Groove up and I was like, yo, I'm looking at these filters and so and so. And he was like, yo, like, why would you get like this filter and put it on your lens? And then whatever you shoot, it's always going to have the effect of that lens on it like you can't take it off it just it is what it is he was like i'm pretty sure you can like find a way to do it without it and i was like all right cool so i literally just went deep deep diving through you know youtube reddit and then literally i found a way to do that same exact effect on my footage in post-production so now I have footage that looks exactly, you know, just clean straight out of the camera and it can have that effect on it. But if I have to redo it later, or I want to use that footage for something else and I didn't want to have that look on it. I don't have it baked in and I got to go out and reshoot it or anything like that. It's like, oh, you know what I'm saying? So it's like that's something that I saved 120, 170 bucks from a, a filter when I can literally just use a, a, a free plugin that came with. Final Cut. You know what I'm saying? So that's the thing that when I when I talk about, you know, learning your tools, it's so important to really just take your time and just go through whatever program that you're using, um, whether you're editing or you're using Final Cut or DaVinci Resolve or you're someone who uses uh, Photoshop or Lightroom or you use, um, I don't know, Red Dragon or Blender to do like 3D renders and stuff. Please take the time to go through everything in the menu. Go to YouTube, go to one of these places that uh, do like courses and just scan whatever program that you're using from top to bottom. You need to know it like the back of your hand. And that process is never going to end. I use Final Cut to edit videos. I use Ableton to record the podcast. I'm literally about to start recording the podcast on my iPad, but that's another thing I have to learn. But still, these programs are always getting updates. These programs are always having changes made to them, switching out their workflow, switching out how they look, how they feel. And so it, it's something that will always keep you busy as a creative. And at the end of the day, it's a great feeling to know that you're always forced to learn something new, forced to make these adjustments. But again, the more you take time to learn the tools that you're using, the the more access you'll have and the more freedom you'll have to create things exactly the way that you want to. There's no better feeling in the world than being able to be like, yo, I had this idea and I wanted to do this and do that and going into the program that you use and knowing how to do it exactly how you envisioned it. Like, that's one of the greatest feelings in the world. So 
definitely, definitely, definitely learn your tools. Um, third thing is when watching YouTube, watch everything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you, Of course, you know, you may get on there for something specific. You may be looking into getting a new lens or getting a new camera body or whatever. But what I've learned is that sometimes even the videos that seem like the person don't know what's going on or they just taking sometimes a long time to get into it. I've been guilty of just like being like, you know what, skip, go to the next video. But honestly, I'd say more than like 60% of the time. Some of those videos have the one thing in it, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, that will totally change your creative trajectory in regards of how you, you know, think about something. Or it may have one little question that you're looking for that no one else seems to answer. And in between all of that nonsense talk or all of the stuff that you already know, they're going to answer that one question. It always happens. So, you know, you may not always do it, but honestly, I would try to make a habit of, you know, when you're watching videos about picking up new gear or learning, you know, new software, whatever questions you have, try to get through the whole video. Even if you just played in the background, revisit it later because you never know what gem you can pick up from, you know, just a random person who you feel like may not have the answer. All right. So that's that. Next thing is this is a big one. <laughs> this is a super big one. If you're creative, you know, of course, we all have fell victim to. Wanting to learn something, whether it's learn something new or get better at the program that you're in. And, you know, you may go and look at a YouTube video of the the person who's doing it the absolute best. The person who you look at and you're like, yo, if my stuff can look like his or if my stuff can sound like his or if my whatever can look like this, I'm goaded. And you start watching the video and you see their, you know, you see their workflow or you see their output and you automatically sometimes like, bro, oh my God, what am I doing? This is going to take forever. How can I ever get that good? Like, and then you just want to give up. <laughs> you just want to give up because it's just like, yo, their stuff is so fire. Um, and it happens to all of us for sure. So of course, you know, first things first, it's important to remember like, Chances are they've been doing it much, 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 much longer than you. So that's super important to keep in mind. Like these people have put years and years into their craft. And even if you've put years, like if you haven't been doing it as long as they have, then the output's not going to necessarily be the same. But at the very same time, I think a super key is focus on one thing. I literally was in Ableton the other night, you know, just working on making some beats and stuff and... I came across a video of The Weeknd's engineer. I believe his name is Ilangelo or something like that. And he was going through, I don't think he was using, oh, he was using Ableton. Um, he was using Ableton and he was just going through one of the tracks. And there were so many plugins on The Weeknd's vocal. It was like 20 plugins. And I'm sitting here like, yo, this is a lot of plugins, bro. I was just like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a lot. And... For me, it was just like, okay, cool. Like, let me just focus on one thing that he used. You know what I'm saying? There was like a Valhalla reverb he used, and he used it in conjunction with um, something. Some, there was another plugin that I didn't know, but I knew what Valhalla was. And I was just listening to what he did with that, and I was like, all right, cool. Let me write down this one thing that he used, and then next time I go to make the next beat or when I, next time I record a vocal, I'm going to use this. I'm going to use this manly Vox box, or I'm going to use whatever the case may be. And it allowed me to, you know, I, I still watch the video. I take, I allow the information to go, you know, through my head, but I don't try to 
eat the whole elephant. You know what I'm saying? Like I leave it with one piece. Like what's one thing from this video that I'm going to implement the next time I'm out shooting or the next time I'm out, you know, recording or the next time you're out doing whatever that pertains to your creative field. Like you have to don't get lost in the sauce. Focus on just one thing and then go back, build from there. And then the last thing on it, and this is sort of controversial or whatever, and it also is sort of just speaking to like photographers or videographers. Like if you want to get into videography, if you want to get into photography, of course, the 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 tool, the best tool is the one that you have on you all the time, which is chances are your phone. And that's great. I love my iPhone. I've gotten deep into like iPhone photography. I've done you know, I've done work on my photography on my iPhone that's gotten like Instagram awards, like all kinds of stuff. But an iPhone is not a camera. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? An iPhone is not a camcorder. It's not a video camera. It's not a DSLR. Sometimes they'll, you know, do these, you know, events and stuff and say, hey, shot on iPhone and the stuff looks amazing. But if you, you may know, if you don't know, those iPhones, Whatever you're seeing was not just shot on an iPhone. It probably had a $2,000 lens attached to it, and it was on some sort of gimbal, and there was all sorts of stuff around it. Like, it's not just that. And again, this isn't me knocking the iPhone at all. There are amazing artists out here. You got people like Swopes, you know, who do amazing work, and it's all done digitally from the iPhone. So it is great, but I think there is a difference in regards of... I wouldn't even say a difference because I'm really I really don't want to knock the iPhone. Um, but I think, like I said, if you want to get into photography, if you want to get into videography, you have to know. Ultimately, the real answer is ultimately it comes down to what you're comfortable with. Because I know me, the main thing I think of is like when I'm taking photos, I love to be able to sit and look through the viewfinder and just like close one eye and just like close my my range of vision and get tunnel vision on whatever is in front of me through this viewfinder. You don't have that on an iPhone. You know what I'm saying? When you're taking photos with the iPhone, you're looking at the iPhone screen, but you're still looking at everything that's around it. And for me, that can sometimes make me feel distant from what I'm trying to focus on. You know what I'm saying? Or when I'm shooting with my iPhone, there's just like a sense of autofocus or just depth of field and stuff like that, that you know, the iPhone can sometimes try to generate, you know, through like their algorithms and uh, artificial intelligence, but it doesn't necessarily feel the same as you're doing it on a camera. You know what I'm saying? So I think sometimes you need to have certain tools or you need to have certain gear that makes you feel like you're doing what you say you want to do. You know what I'm saying? If you're using your iPhone all the time for like calls and texts and Twitter and Instagram Having that same thing in your hand when you're trying to go out and, like, be creative and capture, you know what I'm saying, a dope video or make a documentary or just whatever, like, capture family photos, like, it may not register the same because your mind is like, oh, this is my entertainment communication device. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, again, I'm not, again, it's not it's not me knocking it, but I definitely think if you are someone who doesn't really have any gear and you're definitely thinking about getting into the space, don't really get so caught up in people being like, oh, man, you should just use your phone. The best tool is the one you have in your pocket. That's true, but I do think it's worth taking the time to, even if you're not, like, going all in and buying, like, a $3,000 camera or something crazy like that, man, just, like, Scrape up 
a thousand bucks, fifteen hundred bucks if you can. I'm sure you can get something for way less than that, especially now. Um, but there's a lot of decent cameras. I feel like if you have like fifteen hundred, you can get like what, like a, a Sony A7C or something like that. Like they or a Sony ZV1. There's a lot of like budget cameras that can make you feel like, oh, I got a camera on me today. Like I'm going to shoot. You know what I'm saying? Same if you're doing whatever else. I know I'm talking about like photography and video a lot because that's what I do. But I'm sure if no matter what your creative field is, you know what tools are more aligned with whatever that lane is. And I'm sure it's somewhat the same way. So those are my little tips for today in regards to the creative process. Um, I hope you guys found some use of them. Like I said, you can definitely tweak it to whatever your process is. That's just my opinion. Um, from my experience over the past eight to 10 years, just being in the creative space and, you know, just being fortunate enough to have certain gear and do certain things. And now, you know, I think as with anything, you get to a point where, you know, you look back on your journey, you look back on what you've done and what you've been doing. And you're like, okay, cool. Like looking back, I definitely see how I probably wasted <laughs> money on this. So I wasted time on this. So I could have saved myself, you know, whatever headaches by, doing this a, di a different way or doing this a smarter way. So that's just what I wanted to share with you guys on this Saturday. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend and I will see you on the next episode. Peace.